Bibles with me to 2 Samuel chapter number 3. We are going to read together as a family one verse. That's the first verse, 2 Samuel chapter number 3, verse number 1. We are going to read it together as a family. Ready? Are you ready? If you don't have a Bible, make sure you get one. Otherwise, there's a Bible provided on the screen for you. I want you to read it together with me. Ready, go. Now there was a long war between the house of Saul and the house of David. But the house, but David grew stronger and stronger, and the house of Saul grew weaker and weaker. Read it again. Ready, go. No, no, let's read it as a family. Ready, read. Hallelujah. You read it beautifully to me. Let me read it to you. Now there was a long war between the house of Saul and the house of David. But David grew stronger and stronger, and the house of Saul grew weaker and weaker. Jump to verse number 6 for me, please. Verse number 6 says that, Now it was so, while there was war between the house of Saul and the house of David, that Abner was strengthening his hold on the house of Saul. And Saul had a concubine whose name was Rispa, the daughter of Ai, so Ishbosheth said to Abner, Why have you gone into my father's concubine? If you don't understand what it means, it's not, why have you slept with my father's concubine? And Abner became very angry and at the words of Ishbosheth and said, Am I a dog's head that belongs to Judah? Today I show loyalty to the house of Saul your father, to his brothers and to his friends, and have not delivered you into the hand of David, and charged, and you charge me today with a fault concerning this woman. May God do so to Abner, and more also, if I do not do for David as the Lord has sworn to him, to transfer the kingdom from the house of Saul and set up the throne of David over Israel and over Judah from Dan to Beersheba. And he could not answer Abner another word because he feared him. Hallelujah. Here ends the reading of his holy word. If you are looking for a title for this message, my title for this message is The David and the Saul in You. The David and the Saul in in you. The Bible says that there was a long war between the house of David and the house of Saul in Israel. Amen. There was a long war between the house of David, Saul, and the house of David in, in Israel. It, it, there, was a, there was a family called Saul, and there was a family called David's. And David's family and Saul's family were at war. Amen. So inside the country, there was a long war between Saul and between David. Amen. Inside the families that are represented 
of Israel, there was a long war between the house of Saul and the house of David. And inside a man, inside you, there is a long war between the house of Saul and the house of David. Inside you. Amen. And let me give you a background to this story. This was after Saul, who was the king, had uh, disobeyed God. And so God had taken the throne from, from Saul whilst he was still alive. God had taken the throne from him and given it to a much worthy younger person called David. And Saul was not having it. Saul was not happy about this. So Saul decided to fight this young protagonist that was trying to take usurp his throne. Saul was not happy about it, and Saul wanted to do whatever he could do to, to retain the throne. And the way to do it was to try and eliminate David. And David was not going to die easily by the hand of Saul. So David was also fighting back. Amen. And so there was a war and a long war. And David had his army commander called Joab. And Saul had his army commander called Abner. So Abner was the one who was fighting on behalf of Saul and Joab was the commander fighting on behalf of David. But Abner knew that God had given the throne to David. Everybody knew it. Are you getting it? So when Ishbosheth, that's Saul's son, confronted Abner, he said, why are you confronting me? Because I slept with your father's concubine. Remember that the Bible said Abner was also trying to make himself strong because of the weakness of Saul. Amen. Anytime we give ourselves to, to, to the devil, demons make themselves strong in our lives. Am I making sense? You know, the, the house of Saul represents our soulish nature, which is our physical nature which is our self. And the house of David represents our spiritual nature, which is our godlike nature in us. There is a long war between the soulish nature in you and the Davidic nature in you. Amen. The Bible says that the, last, the, the flesh lasts after the soul, the, the spirit. The, the flesh lasts after the spirit. So that he that is in the spirit does not fulfill the gratification of the flesh. And he that fulfills the gratification of the flesh cannot fulfill the gratification of the spirit. And they that are led by the spirit of God, they are what? Oh, I didn't hear you. They are what? I have a competitor preaching with me at the back there. So I have to, a prophet is competing with me. Hallelujah. Are you understanding what I'm, what I'm saying? So there is a long war inside of you. There is a long war. And see, that, that, that war is represented by King Saul and King David. I, I, I'm hoping that by the time we finish this message, you will understand when you, you behave in a certain way, when you think in a certain way, which of those two kings are thinking through you. And which of those two kings are speaking through you? Am I making sense? So that when you are thinking a certain way, you see, what I want you to understand is that the soulish nature in you is not necessarily evil. Are you with me? 
But if you follow Saul, Saul's ending is not good. Um, are you getting it? If you follow Saul, you will see that the end of Saul, it was as if he was not anointed. In fact, the lamentation that David gave when Saul died is that how are the mighty fallen? How is it that the king died as if he was never anointed? Which means that if you follow this soulish nature in you, your end will be as if you never got any anointing from God. As if you were never ever, you know, uh, uh, God's child. You were never uh, God's, God's intended. Amen. So, let's look at the story in detail. I want to break it into two so we can understand. Let's start with soulish nature, Saul's nature. The first thing I want you to understand, or the first characteristic about Saul's nature that I want us to see is that Saul is about pleasing people instead of pleasing God. How many know that pleasing people is not necessarily evil? But if you are going to please men, you cannot please God. Paul said that, am I yet to please men? If I please men, I will not be a pleaser of God. Amen. In 1 Samuel chapter 15, verse 27 to 30, the Bible says, and as Samuel turned, this was when Samuel had gone, the prophet Samuel had gone to Saul and told Saul that, listen, God sent you to go and and utterly destroy the Amalekites. And what you did was that you saved the best uh, sheep and the best, uh, what do you call it, uh, goats and all those things, the best goods, you took it. Instead of utterly destroying, and you saved Agag the king. And God was not pleased because he, Saul had disobeyed God. And so Samuel turned around to go, and Saul seized the edge of his rope, and it tore. So the prophet was wearing some old clothes. So, so Samuel said, the Lord has torn the kingdom of Israel from you today and has given it to a neighbor of yours who is better than you. And so, and also the strength of Israel will not lie nor relent. For he is not a man that he should relent. And he said, I have sinned. This is Saul's response. Immediately Saul said, I have sinned, yet honor me, please, before the elders of my people. And before Israel, return with me that I may worship, even though I am going to hell, even though I know that things are not going to work, even though the, the kingdom has been taken away, just give me, just show faith, let me show some face. You know, let the people think that everything is all right. Let the people feel that uh, th uh, I'm still in charge. At least do this one last, one last, do this one last favor for me before the elders. You know, contrast this with uh, Psalm 51. When the prophet came to David and said to David, you have sinned against God. You have killed a man. Saul didn't kill a man. He actually saved the man. But it was also disobedience. Look at the attitude, uh, Psalm 51, verse 11. This is David. David said, cast me not away from your presence 
and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of your salvation and uphold me by your general spirit. He said, I don't care about the throne. You can take the throne. I don't care about the kinship. You can take the kinship. I don't care about my title or who people think I am. I don't care about that. If only I can retain the presence of God, that is fine with me. Amen. Beloved, the most important thing is our relationship with God, not what anybody else thinks about us. Hallelujah. I said the most important thing is how God thinks or how God sees you. Not how people see you. Because how people see you is only, is only through their eyes, their eyes of expectation. And it really doesn't matter anyway because it changes. Their expectation changes by the minute. People's expectation and anticipation of you changes by the minute. That is why governments come and governments go. The Labour Party will come today and then the next time the Conservatives will come. The Liberal Democrats will come and the Conservatives will come again and the Labour Party will come again. Why? Because people are shallow and fleeting in their expectations. Yeah, Trump will come and go. And he may come back again. Because people are fleeting in their minds, in their expectations. But God's expectation, God's standard never changes. I say his standard never changes. Whatever he has said, that is exactly what it's going to remain. His standard will never drop. So if there's anyone to please, it is God that we need to please. Hallelujah. Saul was only interested in what the elders thought. What people would think. So even though he had, he, he had lost the crown, he was pretending to still keep the crown. There are some people, their marriage is long since over. But you are trying and pretending the marriages, they wear the same clothes to church. They wear the same hairstyle to church. They do everything. His and hers, they match. Meanwhile, they haven't been talking for like, like two years. <laughs> Hallelujah. How many understand what I'm trying to say? No, 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 no. Don't, don't try and impress people because people don't really matter. When the door is closed at the end of the day, it is between you and him. If you need help, say that, listen, I need help. My marriage is suffering. I cannot control my children. I need some help. Don't be a soul. Because Saul always dies badly. Hallelujah. Am I talking to somebody? Saul's or death is always not nice. You will be hiding your soul. And the soul will be festing. Everybody thinks you're okay. Meanwhile, it's become gangrenous. Until it gets to a point where they have to amputate the leg. You could have exposed it. So that even though it looks disgraceful that a grown-up person like you has a big soul like this, at least with time, it will heal. Hallelujah. With David, David couldn't care less about the people. He couldn't care less about any, anybody and what anybody's expectation of him was. He was only interested in what God thought about him. 
Because what God thought about him was more important to Saul than anything else. I want us to have that same mindset that what God is thinking about us and what God expects from us is more important than what anybody thinks. Hallelujah. Number two, Saul's nature is to blame others for their mistake. Look at verse 15. That's 1 Samuel 15, 15. And Saul said, they have brought the, from, from the Amalekites the people, for the people spared the best of the sheep and oxen to sacrifice to the Lord your God. It is not me. The people brought it from Amalekite. For the people spared the best of the sheep and the oxen to sacrifice to the Lord your God and the rest we have utterly destroyed as per your instructions. We destroyed per your instructions but the best sheep and oxen was spared by the people. Which means that I am absolved from any blame. I haven't done anything wrong. Everything you ask me to do, I've done it. If there's anything wrong, if there's any blame, blame the people. But who is the leader of the people? Who is in charge? The people or you? Listen to David, Psalm 51 verse 4. It is against you and you alone have I sinned. <laughs> do, do you get the difference? Immediately he was told of his sin. He said that it is true. Nobody has sinned. I am the one who has sinned. He did not decide to pass, pass the back to somebody. He didn't decide that he's going to blame somebody for his sins. He said, no, 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 it is I. I am the one who has sinned. Have you seen why God calls David a man after his, his, his heart? Even though David was as, even more sinful than Saul, God respected David because David was very honest. Very honest. And he, he admit his fault. Beloved, let me tell you that holiness, true holiness is not, is not by what good we do or what, what bad we, we, we do. Because in Isaiah 64, the Bible says, our righteousness are as filthy as rags before him. So it is not your holiness that you must boast about. Hallelujah. It is his righteousness. And so you must always want to maintain his righteousness in your life. Amen. In 1 John chapter 1, the Bible says that if we say we have no sin, we make him a liar. And the truth is not in us. Amen. First John, are you there? First John 8. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Amen. If we say we have no sin, we make him a liar. Amen. But Saul is saying that I have not sinned. I obeyed the instruction. I did everything you told me to do. As for the, the sheep, 
and the oxen that you hear, that you see, they are not from me. They are from the people. You know, anytime, anytime I sit before a, a, a married couple and all I'm hearing from each person is what the other has done wrong, I know we are going to be here for a very long day. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm saying? When they say, Pastor, you don't know how he is. He's like this, he's like that, he's like And then he also comes, Pastor, you don't know how she is. She's like this. You know that we are going to be here for a long day. Because none of them are willing to take responsibility. Two souls have met. Hallelujah. From today, my prayer for all of us is that we will become David. Lift up your, your hand. Immediately you have done the wrong. And say, Lord, it is me. I repent. Hallelujah. It is I. I am the one who has sinned. Not anybody else. Hallelujah. Am I talking to somebody? The third thing is that Saul's nature cuts off helpers. Saul's nature is such that helpers are cut off. You know, this encounter in 1 Samuel 15, the Bible described was the last time Samuel ever saw Saul. Last time. The only other time, after, after all this, the only other time was when Saul, Samuel had died. And Saul was going to battle, and Saul was in trouble. Then Saul went to get a, a witch from Engedi to, to, to resurrect the spirit of Saul for help. You didn't ask for my help when I was alive. Is it now that I'm dead that you want help? Hallelujah. And I've seen it in, in, in life that many of us, when we get promoted, we cut off the people that helped us. When God blesses us, the people and the things that has helped us to this point, we just discard it. Now you give money to your parents. So when they are trying to advise you, just walk away, walk off. Because you are richer than them. If they knew something, they would have been better off. Now you are a big person. Now you are uh, also married. So you can't sit down and be admonished by your mother. Because you are also a mother. Um, listen, let me tell you something. If you don't solicit and use help, you are headed for disaster. Am, am I talking to somebody? If you don't solicit and use help, you are headed for disaster. I don't care how big you are. You know, the, the tragedy, the tragedy of, of somebody like um, Donald Trump, tragedy of Donald Trump was that he got to a place he never solicited help. Anybody who came to his circle must be a yes person or he discards you. He doesn't take advice from anybody. You either come to sing his praises or you are, you're out. So it got to a point, his cabinet was, it was like a round table, like a, what do you call that, musical chairs. 
You sit on it, then the next day somebody else is there. The advisor is changing, the chief of staff is changing, everybody's changing. It's as if they, they don't know what they are doing. Because he, all he wanted was yes people. So if you have any dissenting uh, idea to give, leave. Never ever get to that point where nobody can advise you. Big or small. Yeah. Small people can, smaller people or younger people can also advise you. Bigger people can advise you. Hallelujah. Am I talking to somebody? Yeah. Get to the place where you are not like, I am, my, I, am I know everything. The contrast between Saul and David is that David would solicit help from everywhere, everybody. No shame. Uh, I'm reminded by uh, the Syrian uh, army general called Naaman. Now, Naaman was very, very, very uh, strong. Naaman was well-known. Naaman was a, a, an army general who was famous. And his army was one of the strongest army in the place. But he was a leper. And he had a maidservant. And you see, he could not, do, he could not show the leprosy to anybody. So one day, the maidservant came and said, there is a healer in the country I come from. If you go to him, you'll be healed. The man was very angry. Had they not better? Then when he went to the, 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 the prophet, the prophet said, I go and bath in the river Jordan for three times, seven times. Had they not better rivers in the land that I came from that I should come and bath in this, this little pond you call a, a river? But listen, solicit help even from younger people even from maidservants, even from people you think you don't need. Hallelujah. Because that is, in that your salvation lies. Hallelujah. What made uh, uh, David, uh, Saul lose his, his, his kinship and uh, his, his uh, rulership early was because he had no longer the benefit of the advice that came from Samuel. Hallelujah. But David kept Nathan throughout. Even when Nathan told him things that he didn't want to hear, he still kept Nathan the prophet. Amen. There are some people when they get promoted, they discard the church. They discard the pastor. They discard the things of God. Discard everything because now what can you show me that I don't know? Where I am, you, do, you don't even have that, that. You don't have the pedigree to be where I am. Hallelujah. I pray that that is not. Never walk away from people that God brings into your life to help you along the way. Never walk away from them. Yeah. Never walk away from them. Hallelujah. The pastor that you sat, whose feet you sat under, don't walk away because now you've been promoted. Now my church is bigger than my pastor's church. Now I am a bigger pastor than my pastor. No, 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 no. 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 Hallelujah. Are, are you understanding what I'm saying? Anytime I go to where my pastor is, I go and sit with him for hours. Say, talk to me. 
Amen. Number four, Saul didn't care about the ark of God. He did not care much about the church of, the, of God. He only uses, used the church, used the ark of God when he suited him. There are some of us like that. We use the church when it suits us. We don't care much about the house of God. It's not our priority. As and when we need it, we will come for it. And especially when we become big, when we become great, when our, our money is bigger than the church. Pastor, come to my house. Uh, come to my house. Uh, meet me at 6 o'clock in my house. <laughs> the way Minister Sheila is looking at me, <laughs> I don't know whether I'm shocked. <laughs> Listen, when people get promoted, they can be very arrogant. Uh, without even realizing. They'll say, Pastor, come. Come, come to my office at 6 o'clock. I'll have a check waiting for you. Hallelujah. And then the pastor too. The check because. Then go and sit there. God bless you. Can't even tell the person the truth. Hallelujah. Hey, Victoria, it's nice to see you. Hey, today all my, all my, my gang are in the house. That's why I'm, I am feeling confident. Hallelujah. Now, let's jump quickly for the sake of time. Let's jump quickly to the David nature, Davidic nature. I can go on and give you a lot more about Saul, but, but let's jump quickly because... The first, first thing that I want you to know about David's nature. But when David became the king, the first deed David did was to bring the ark of God back into Israel. In 2 Samuel chapter 6, verse 1 to 3, again David gathered all the choice men of Israel, 30,000. And David arose and went with all the people who were with him before Baal. Baal Judah, uh, to bring up the, uh, there, from there the ark of the Lord, whose name was called by the name of the Lord of hosts, who dwells between the cherubim. So, the ark, so they set the ark of God on a new chart and brought it out of the house of Abinadab, which was on the hill. And Uzzah and Hio, the sons of Abinadab, drove the new chart. Or new cut. Hallelujah. His first thought was that I didn't deserve to be here. God was the one that has brought me here. So if God has brought me here, then the first thing that I must think about is God. In the beginning, God. Somebody say in the beginning, God. Hallelujah. Never forget God. Now that you are promoted, now that you are in your new home, now that you are in your new marriage, now that you are a new mother, now that you are a new uh, boss, a new managing director, a new CEO, now that your business has 
taking off and is doing so well. Remember God. Hallelujah. I say, remember God. Is somebody hearing me? Remember God. You know, God knew that the tendency of us forgetting who God is and what God means to us in our day of promotion is so great. So that in Deuteronomy chapter 8, he said something from verse 11. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 11, he says that, Beware that you do not forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandment, his judgment, his status, which I command you today. Lest when you have eaten and are full and have built beautiful houses. Listen, you all build beautiful houses. I say you all move into beautiful houses. It has already started. A lot of people are getting new houses. A lot of people are getting new cars. A lot of people are getting promoted and people are doing well. But please, in your promotion, do not forget God. In your promotion, do not forget that God is the one who in the beginning was with you. Hallelujah. I want to see you get your million pounds in your bank account and still come and sweep the floor. Still come and hoover. I still want to see you. Joe, Peter, I want to see you the day that God has blessed you. You own your own yachts. You own your own uh, ships that go from uh, Dubai to uh, West Indies and it goes to uh, wherever. I want you to still come and serve in the house of God. Still come and serve. In all your blessings, you still come and sing in the house of God. You still come and usher. You still come and lead worship. In your promotion, never allow the, the, one of the saddest things that when God promotes people, then they just walk away. As if the promotion is the be and end all. And you know how God does it? God only gives you few. He gives you five talents to see what you will do with the five talents. The five talents is not a blessing. It is only a precursor to owning and managing ten cities. Can you imagine five talents as again ten cities? Hallelujah. But you walk away with five talents. Very happy. And you forget about the Lord God. David never forgot. Yeah, yeah, he never forgot. He could not be bothered about anybody. Because in verse 8, it says that, remember the Lord your God, for it is he that gives you the ability to create wealth. You must understand that anything that you create is from God. What is it that you have that was not given to you? And what is it that you have that you are so boastful of? As if God didn't give it to you. If you like Go and sleep tonight and see whether you wake up without God. Am I talking to somebody? Are we learning something? Number two, Saul's second significant act was to build a temple. David, sorry. David's significant act was to build a temple. You know the story in 2 Samuel chapter 7 when David was sitting in his house. After he had built his house and everything, he says that, listen, I dwell in paneled houses, beautiful house, house, and I'm, everything is set. 
but the house of God is still sitting in the tent. So he called the prophet and said to the prophet, I want to build a, God a house. One of the challenges that I want to set for all of us in this room is that make sure you build God a house before you leave this earth. Wherever. In your village, in your country, wherever. You know, in some villages, uh, 5,000 is more than enough to build a church. 5,000 pounds, 10,000 pounds is more than enough to build a church. Make sure, make sure, write it somewhere that I'll make sure I build God a house before my time is over. Amen? Make sure. It's a good thing to build God a house. God said to David, because you wanted to build me a house, even though you have too much blood on your hands, I will build you a house instead. And for over 1,500 years after the death of David, God made sure that there was a descendant of David sitting on the throne. To the point that now the throne of, 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 of David is the throne that Jesus will sit on when he comes back again onto the earth. That was because David built God a house. Hallelujah. It's unfortunate that, especially when we get promoted and when we get blessed, when, when, when things begin to work for us, when we begin to come into money, that our offerings in church reduces. It's amazing. The, the higher we go, the less offerings we pay. I've been doing this work for a while. I've been a pastor. I've been doing at least 20 years or more. I've been doing this work, so I know what I'm talking about. That people, when they are younger and they are broke, they give more. As they get promoted, they start giving less. But David was different. He said, even when God said that you cannot build a house, David waited when he was dying. He said to his son and to the elders, by my own hands, I've saved money for the house of God. Because I'm not allowed to build because of my bloody hands. So when I'm out, my son will build. Solomon built a temple without paying one dime of his own money. All the money had been provided by his father. Even though the father never built the, the, the house. Are, are you getting what I'm saying? But Saul didn't even know where the ark of God was. He didn't even know. That is why in his day of desperation, he couldn't go to the temple. He could not go there. In fact, Saul had killed all the priests of God. We'll come to that in a minute. Number three. David repaid Saul with good instead of evil. In 2 Samuel chapter 9, verse 1. Now David said, is there still anyone in the house of Saul left that I may show him kindness for Jonathan's sake? Is there anybody else I can show kindness to? Never repay evil for evil. Bible says in Romans chapter 12, beloved, verse 19, do not avenge yourself, but rather give place to wrath. For it is written, vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. Therefore, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him drink. If 
For in doing so, you heap coals of fire on his, neck, on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Hallelujah. Oh, I say hallelujah. Yeah. D David was after being kind. Saul wanted to eliminate David. For the good that was done to him, he wanted to repay with evil. Amen. Scripture says that if you repay evil, you repay good for evil, evil will never depart from your house. Hallelujah. Am I talking to somebody? Number four, David was ready to admit when he was wrong. I think we've talked about this, isn't it? He was ready to admit when he was wrong. Number five, David had a heart of worship, always yearning to be in the presence of God, in spite of the, his prominence of his promotion in society. Even though he had been promoted, even though he was a prominent person, his heart of worship was never ever taken away by the promotion. Amen. I am reiterating this, this point because I realize that the Lord is about to promote you. Or oh, I say God is about to promote you. You are the next person to be promoted. You are the next person to be blessed. But in your being blessed, do not forget the, the Lord. Do not forget to worship and praise God. Do not forget to, to lift up your hands and be a worshiper. In Psalm 84 verse 1, he says that, how lovely is your tabernacle, O Lord. This is after he had been blessed. My soul longs, yes, even faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Even the sparrow has found a home and the swallow a nest for herself where she may lay her young. Even the altars, O Lord of hosts, my king and my God. Blessed are those who dwell in the house of, in your house. They shall still be praising you, Selah. Blessed is the man whose strength is in you, whose heart is set on pilgrimage. Hallelujah. Blessed is the man whose strength is in you. Blessed is the man whose heart is in you, whose mind thinks about you, who is longing to praise you. Hallelujah. I pray for, for all of us that as God elevates us and as God blesses us, we will still keep our minds on him. We will still bless him. We will still praise him. Hallelujah. As, as for promotion, I can bet you that you'll be promoted. I say, as for promotion, I can bet you you'll be promoted. It's only a matter of time. God is going to bless you. The job you are looking for, you will become the CEO of that job. Oh, you didn't get what I said. I said, the job you are looking for, God is going to make you the CEO. Saul, on the other hand, became so arrogant that he drove away the men of God. I told you, in 1 Samuel 22, verse 18, he killed all the priests. Amen? He killed all the priests. Wiped them all away. Verse 18, are you the first Samuel 22, 18. He said that, and the king said to Dog, turn, you turn and kill the priest. So Dog the Edomite turned and struck the priest and killed on that day 85 men who wore the linen ephod. They wore the clerical robe. 
killed all of them. Amen. Hallelujah. Are you with me? Saul became so high-minded that he did not think it twice to destroy, destroy the house of God or destroy the priests. Sometimes when we become so, so big and so arrogant, we say things to castigate the church, to castigate the priest, to malign the priest. Hallelujah. And we don't even think about anything because after all, we are blessed. Amen. But First Corinthians 4, 7 says, who makes you dif to differ from another? What is it that you have that God hasn't given to you? Why are you so boastful? Amen. Let's end with this one. The end of David was peace. In First Chronicles chapter 29, verse 27, 26, he said that thus David, the son of Jesse, reigned over all Israel, and the period of his reign over Israel was 40 years. Seven years he reigned in Hebron, and 33 years he reigned in Jerusalem. So, so, so he died in a good old age, full of days, riches and honor, and Solomon his son reigned in his place. How beautiful the best way to check, to sign off. First Chronicles 29, 26. To 28. How beautiful it is to check out this way. Hallelujah. Let's contrast that with Saul. Come with me to 2 Samuel 1. This is what David said about Saul. Verse 14. So David said to him, How was it that you were not afraid to put forth your hand to destroy the Lord's anointed? The man had destroyed the Lord's anointed. They had killed him as if he had no anointing. He died like a dog. Hallelujah. I have a lot of prophets in this house, I tell you. Amen. Listen, let us never get to the place where we allow the soulish nature in us to grow. The soulish nature, where it's I, 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 me, me. No, no, no. Don't allow it to grow. Remember, Saul had no business being a king. He was looking after his father's sheep that were missing. And God found him through the prophet Samuel and anointed him and made him king. And now he became so arrogant that he was going around looking for priests to kill. So his death was even very sad. David's lamentations are published not in, in God. Let not the sons of the heathen rejoice over the death of the king. How hard, how are the mighty fallen, as if they were not anointed, as if it was not anointed. Hallelujah. I close with Psalm 37, verse 37. Bible says that mark the blameless mark the blameless man and observe the upright for the future of that man is peace but the transgressors shall be destroyed together and the future of the wicked shall be cut off hallelujah mark the blameless man my prayer for you and I is that we will become blameless before the lord 
I say my prayer for you and I is that we become blameless in his sight. That our way will be the way of peace and not of destruction. There was a long war between the house of Saul and the house of David. That war is still raging till today. That war is still raging inside of you. And I pray that the house of David will be successful and will survive whilst the house of Saul in you will die.